Discover BetMGM, the betting app sports fans in the Capital Region turn to for nonstop action all winter long. Take the excitement of football, basketball, and hockey to the next level with same-game parlays, exclusive signature bets, odds boost promos, and much more. Plus, now you can sign in, place bets, and manage your cash balance under the same BetMGM account in D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. With the same username and password throughout the DMV, it's never been easier to play with the king of sportsbooks. Download the BetMGM app today. BetMGM is an authorized gaming partner of the NBA and an official sports betting partner of the NHL. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Please gamble responsibly. BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Washington, D.C. only. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Zigazoo has made me zigzag. What I mean by that is I swore I would never let my kids on social media. But now I'm setting them loose on Zigazoo. Zigazoo is a space for kids to post videos they've created and to share them with other kids just like them. Videos that are moderated by actual people. And since there are no comments or messaging, you don't have to worry about social trolling. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network for kids. Download the Zigazoo app today. Follow the money. That's what I always say. You always follow yeah, the money. Yeah, yeah. This is Follow the Money with Mitch Moss and Polly Howard on VSEN. Here we go. Welcome in. It is Follow the Money here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Mitch Moss, Polly Howard with you live in downtown Las Vegas from the Circa Resort. And Casino coming up over the next three hours on today's program. Matt Humans in 45 minutes with his uh, best bets in the Sweet 16. Jonathan Von Tobel, V-SIN senior NBA analyst on that sport in two hours. Wild night last night. And our good pal Matt Baskersian, MLB Network, coming up in two and a half hours. Love talking to him every time he's on, especially in the preseason to maybe get some uh, future bets that he likes. And Paulie, last night was supposed to be a simple, uh, you know, leisurely walk in the park because we had the four days of the madness. We're supposed to get like a breather until the Sweet 16 games get here. No chance. You'll sleep when you're dead because <laughs> we had the World Baseball Classic and craziness happening in the NBA. That baseball game had almost everything in it last night. And now Japan advanced after winning Mexico 6-5, to and they get Team USA right away tonight now. And Otani's going to be dealing for the Japan side. They were, they were completely buried in that game. It was 3-0 Mexico. Then, they, then Japan tied it up with a three-run shot. And then Mexico got it right back. And they took a lead. And it took a two-run double in the bottom of the ninth for Japan to advance 6-5. to And the drama... And the theatrics and how that played out on TV. I couldn't imagine being at one of these games. Yeah, yeah, that's hard to. Uh, you got to bounce right back and get back at it tonight. There's no rest. W- w- yeah, with an edge for USA. Although you have to face Otani, as you said, the talent in that game with Yoshida and Otani, and this kid's this kid's for for Japan's throwing 102 miles an hour. Okay, no so problem. John Smoltz is gushing over this kid, like. Unlike anything I've almost heard him ever, and I love John Smoltz as an analyst. I think he's terrific, right? So during the pregame and stuff, I'm I'm looking him up. His name is Roki, um, Roki Sasaki. He's 21 years old. He he's throwing 103 miles an hour. <laughs> so he's got a fastball that you can't touch. He's got the splitter and he has some other stuff. He threw a perfect game last year for the first time in his league since 1994. He struck out 19 batters in his next start. He went eight perfect innings, and he had 14 strikeouts. They pulled him after 102 pitches. They're talking about how this kid, and and he was running down every debut that he has been there live to watch in person, Smoltz was, and he said, I was there for Strasburg when he debuted, had 14 Ks against the Pirates. Mm -hmm. I saw DeGrom, 
and he said a couple of other guys. He's like, this this kid is it. Like he ha- he's he has everything. Like you just you know right away when it pops. And this kid, now, unfortunately for us, he really can't come over to the states until he's like 27 years old. The way it appears, because of some weird rule. Like they could tinker around it to make it work. Otani came over here when he was 23 years old, but this kid at 21. He's already one of the best pitchers in the world, and we might not see him in MLB until yeah. you know yeah. we're in our fifties. Yeah, and he was dealing. And they get a you know, a couple guys on on a fluke, and then Urias takes them deep, and it's three nothing. Totally unlucky. Yeah, yeah you yeah. mentioned the, the 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 big comebacks that they had in the seventh and in the ninth. So, but if you were, uh, many people said it last night, but baseball won, as you said before the show. That's what baseball's supposed to be like. Oh though. yeah. I mean, they're signing autographs during the games, robbing home runs. It's crazy how the fans are so into it. Oh, right? absolutely. Yeah. Great atmosphere. Sure. You, yes. you don't you don't want to have a three-hour game where people are sitting on their hands the entire time. They need to be into it. They need to be alive, yeah. and they need to be having fun. Uh, so anyway, now USA for the championship tonight, and their their offense is obviously loaded to the gills. They're laying about $1.25 in this game against Otani. Pitching's a problem, though. Oh, it is. Yes, it's, it is. It's an issue. Yes, so I'm going to be yeah. intrigued to see if Otani can go. And I mean, it's murderer's row for USA. But if he can go down there and look brilliant and mow down the, the batters here, it'll be uh, quite yep. something here yep. in this game. And if you were listening back in early February, Lou Finicaro brought it up out of nowhere. When we brought him on, our buddy here on the show, we were, we were bringing him on to talk UFC. And he goes, guys, before we get to this, I, I want to give you about a bet that's available right now in the World Baseball Classic. It was not even close to being top of mind, right? Because we're in the middle of the, like the Super Bowl is coming up. College basketball, it was coming up in the NBA All-Star break, whatever. So much was going on. He goes, look at the left side of the bracket in Japan. He goes, they got a huge break. It's the path here, and it worked out last night. And I ran outside the circus studio in the next break because the apps would not take a bet for some reason from in here. I ran outside, I bet plus 450 on Japan to win the World Baseball Classic. So if you were listening that day and you made a bet on him, you got a really, you probably yeah. got a really good number. Yeah, and you got Superman going tonight. So there you go. Yeah. Great yep. job by Lou. As you mentioned at the top, and then what happened in other sports? I don't know how South Carolina doesn't win the women's now. Another one yeah, seed goes out. Yeah. Miami beat Indiana in the men's, and Miami beat Indiana as a one seed as a 16-point dog last night. Mm-hmm. So another one seed's out. And then the, uh, you had the NBA. where Explain what happened last night. <laughs> the Bulls win in double overtime in Philly. Philly was on fire eight in a row. The Knicks lost at home to the Wolves without... Towns and Edwards, and there's no telling when Towns is coming back. And Randall had 57, and they lost. Yeah, he had 52 at the end of the third. It was 79-70 at halftime. Mm-hmm. And I thought Randall's going to get the garden record, which I think is 62 from Mello. He had 52 through three. Uh, he couldn't get there, and then the Knicks lost the game somehow. And then at night, no Markin and no Clarkson. Kings Lane 7 in Utah, they lost the game. They were down 20-plus in the first quarter. Right out of the gates. Oh, what? And then it's tied in the fourth, and they lose. Yep. Fell behind like that. You know it was going to be a rough night, potentially. I mean, this. I just we need the Kings to take care of this division. It ended already. They cannot allow the Suns to linger around at all. And losing games like that, it's a killer. And then, again, like you said with the 76ers. Bad loss. Hottest team on the planet. Yeah. Embiid made this huge push. Now he's the favorite to win the MVP. Maybe rightfully so. And uh, there's a chance here that we're going to overtake the Celtics because if they win last night, they go up by half a game and the Celtics play at the Kings tonight. Yeah. Boston's laying four and a half tonight. A little surprising as bad. Talk to people in Boston about what they think of the Celtics. I mean, you lose to the Jazz, blow a big lead. All the issues they have, they're questioning the coaching. Derek White doesn't play. They're not tough. Smart's been a disaster. Mm-hmm. It's nuts what's happened to Boston. I mean, they were running away with that division. And now you, you you would have to put Philly ahead of them in the pecking order to make a run in the playoffs. I think so, probably, yeah. Boston's been so bad. Yep. So you have that one tonight as well. And I mean, how well what Randall plays. and uh, That was an enormous win for Minnesota, too, because their schedule's brutal the rest of the way. And again, when you talk to people in the T-Wolves organization, they say, well, Towns might be back in a couple weeks. Wait, what? What's it? Yeah. That was an innocuous injury when it happened. I know. And then there's no timetable for when he's coming back. But their schedule is so tough down the stretch that you're thinking they, they might miss the playoffs. They're still under 500. And then, and then Memphis beats Dallas. Dallas scored, what, 12 points in the fourth quarter? Yeah. So peekaboo, I, I think Memphis could catch Denver for the one seed when it's all said and done. That could actually happen. And then they, they expect to get John Morant back. Yeah, they have 11 games left. 
and they have the second easiest schedule in the entire NBA. Cleveland has the easiest for what it's worth. So the Grizzlies have one against the Bucks, two against the Clippers, and then after that, it's all... I mean, we're talking about two against the Rockets. The... Well, the Thunder, are, they're not... They're tricky, but they're considered an easier team. The Magic are on the schedule as well. So it's the second easiest moving forward, and uh, if you can still find that prop available... And if you bet Denver a while back, it might not be worth coming back with a little bit on Memphis because of everything that you just said. Yeah. And they're going to be getting him back as well. Yeah. Yeah. Jaw at some point. So, um, wild man. Philly has the most difficult schedule left in the entire league. Do you agree that Embiid should be the MVP this morning? I've heard, let me just tell you this. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I, I don't know if he should be that high, but it coincides with his great streak. What was it, 35, averaging 35 a game and shooting 60% during the streak? At least 60%, and then Denver's been awful here. Yeah. But, I mean, Joker's still putting up numbers, but I guess you'd have to blame him for what happens defensively, and they're losing games to San Antonio here and could blow the one seat. So I, I had this conversation twice with two different NBA people over the weekend. Both guys said, I'd take a peek at Giannis. I could see that. You aren't, could. Aren't they like a, aren't they 22-2 and two in the last 24 games he's oh, played they're, or they're, something? Yeah. Okay. They've been blazing hot with him. I think there's something there. Yeah, I would not rule him out. Yeah. I grabbed him at 16-1 to a while back. Like, this is, I mean, we're getting a little carried yeah. away here. Well, we just had that stretch for two weeks where just people, it felt like everyone was ganging up on Joker. And this MB thing yeah. happened. But yeah. uh, they also play coming up later, too. Well, I wonder so because... That, yeah, I don't know. Maybe that determines what happens as well. Philly like and Denver. Tim Bontem said ESPN when he does that MVP straw poll. It's such a, a great indicator of what you think is going to happen. And it was overwhelming towards the Joker the last time he did it, which was now, what, post-All-Star break, I yeah. believe? all right. So if, they, if he did it again today, I wonder how many of those people, where it was so lopsided towards Jokic, I wonder how many of those people would say, you know what, I changed my mind. Because that was ultra strong, one way. I mean, that was like a teeter-totter that would not even, couldn't even have fun with. I mean, they were all convinced he was going to win. And to their credit, now, for the most part, when it comes to the MVP, like those voters... It appears as if they're really taking like the hardcore numbers, the data seriously. They don't any of this hot take crap that you hear from people who are ripping Nikola Jokic, who are out of their minds. They don't do that. The voters, for the most part, really don't get into that stuff. That's only where you're going to hear from talking heads in other spots mm-hmm. where you want to just turn the TV off and say, Jesus, man, knock it off already. You know, you, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. But I think he might. Yeah, I think he probably deserves to be a small favorite right now. Well, just the the, the, sh- the shift was nuts. It happened in a less in less than a week, yeah. where Joker was a good size favorite, and then Embiid became a small yeah. favorite as well. Bet Rivers Online Sportsbook, the place to be. You can win up to ten thousand dollars in bonus money by playing their exclusive squares. Place a qualifying bet, get a square on the house. If your numbers match, you win. Full terms and conditions available. BetRiversSquares.com. Up next here, follow the money. It's Vsin, the sports betting network. We will recap. All of the betting action from last night in win some, lose some. This horrendous stretch that was going on seemingly forever was finally snapped last night. An 11 game skid that was broken. Paulie has the details coming up next. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. 
Discover BetMGM, the betting app sports fans in the Capital Region turn to for nonstop action all winter long. Take the excitement of football, basketball, and hockey to the next level with same-game parlays, exclusive signature bets, odds boost promos, and much more. Plus, now you can sign in, place bets, and manage your cash balance under the same BetMGM account in D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. With the same username and password throughout the DMV, it's never been easier to play with the king of sportsbooks. Download the BetMGM app today. BetMGM is an authorized gaming partner of the NBA and an official sports betting partner of the NHL. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Please gamble responsibly. BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Washington, D.C. only. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was edited so well. I think you're so talented. Social media interactions are only positive when you use Zigazoo. Zigazoo is the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. Your kids can upload their content and see what their friends are up to. With Zigazoo, they can create videos, enter to win prizes, and try out the latest dances and trends. There's no commenting, no text messaging, and everything is 100% human-moderated. Plus, all community members are real, verified kids just like yours. There are no bots, trolls, or AI. Because Zigazoo is about one thing and one thing only, and that is fun. Try out Zigazoo this spring break and let your kids share your vacation vlogs and best edits with their friends safely. Download the Zigazoo app today. That's Z-I-G-A-Z-O-O. This is Follow the Money on VSEN. Become a VSEN Pro subscriber today. Get everything you need to bet the madness for only $19. Get every pick, Matt Humans, every host, every guest. He's coming up right now. You have the betting splits as well. You get the offer through March, $19. VSEN.com slash subscribe. And he joins us now. VSEN host and senior editor to Matt Humans. Follow him on Twitter. As well, there's a great show at night with Wes Reynolds. Okay, my friend, Mr. Big Ten. I mean, this they got eight teams in the tournament. They only one made the Sweet 16. And you talked about it when we had you in studio about how bad were the Purdue guards in the Big Ten Conference tournament, and then how bad did the big did the Purdue guards play against Fairleigh Dickinson in the biggest upset in tournament history. And they were scared, and you could see it. And I, I've been talking about it for six weeks. So Purdue has not been shooting the three well. And then um, I think since the beginning of February, Purdue ranked somewhere around 320th in the nation at three-point shooting percentage. Those freshman guards were out of gas. Uh, five minutes into the game, I knew they were in trouble. You could see it right away. And when a one seed like that's got pressure on it, especially young players, <clears throat> they tend to choke. And uh, that's – basically what happened five for 25 from three you're not going to win many games when the guards shoot like that i mean we could break down that game for 10 minutes but that's old news at this point the big 10 i thought two of the eight teams might get through to the sweet 16 you got one michigan state the unlikely candidate if you watch the spartans for the last three months you would not have thought that's a sweet 16 team mm-hmm. in fact spartans went to the big 10 tournament in chicago played one game got knocked out by ohio state in a 10-point loss and went home so who saw this coming? You know, you know you're going to yeah. hear this all week. Tom Izzo in March. And I know both of you guys are on Michigan State this week. we talked about that in a minute. Okay. Are you not? What's that? We can talk about it right now. Are you not on Michigan State? Do you like K-State? I'm not on either side right now. I'm not sure what to do with this. this has, K-State has the look of a public underdog here, which yeah. uh, I'm not sure I want to be on that side. It seems like... If I looked, I looked at my ratings before the tournament, I have Kansas State power rated three points better than Michigan State. Right now we're looking at Spartans minus two. Yeah, I you mean, if, yeah. if this thing gets up to three, we're getting, yeah. we're getting completely carried away, Matt. Yeah, yeah it's, it's a very interesting game because uh, the power ratings don't indicate this number should be where it is. And you got Marcus, Marquise Noel and Keontae Johnson, who are two of the five players on the Big 12 all-first team. Uh, but Tyson Walker's been playing lights out in this tournament, 17.5 points per game, zero turnovers. 
And Michigan State was, uh, what, two for 16 from three yes. against Marquette. Yes. So look out Marquette. Great so, point. Uh, I mean, there's, uh, I, I can see why Michigan State is favored because it is a factor and they're on a roll right now, but I don't see any value in laying the number. So I, it's probably a game right. I'm going to live bet. Well, let's stay at Madison Square Garden then. What do you think of the Owls in Florida Atlantic against Tennessee? Well, this is an interesting matchup, too, because the Vols are number one in the nation in three-point shooting percentage defense. And Florida Atlantic scores 44% of its points on threes. It's a small team against the Vols' big front line. They played bully ball against Duke. They intimidated the Duke freshman, beat him up. And Tennessee's got five seniors. But the Vols shot nine for 21 from three in that game against Duke. And this is a not, this is not a good three-point shooting team. So I'm expecting some offensive regression here from Tennessee. And I also can't trust this Tennessee offense when covering this type of number. Uh, I'm actually uh, going to take Florida Atlantic here plus five and a half. And I think you know, the Owls can hang in this game. Again, it's Rick Barnes in the tournament and a Tennessee offense you can't trust. So I think FAU's got a shot here. Yeah, You know, Matt, that was a – you got to tip your cap to, to Barnes. I thought what he yep. did against Duke was phenomenal. A great idea come in. We're bigger. We're more experienced. We're older. Why don't we go show these freshmen what they're up against right away and knock them around a little bit? No, you're right about that. And they got physical with Kyle Filipowski, yep. and they got physical with Duke in general, and the Blue Devils did not respond. They responded like a lot of freshmen who had not been there before. Yep. So what do you make now? The Mountain West in the Sweet 16, not pretty. Uh, 0-6 um, straight up, 1-5 ATS in this round, and it wasn't pretty in the first round other than San Diego State. Is this too big of a number, though, in your opinion? Because at some spots, Alabama, they were laying up to eight. Yeah, I did take eight with San Diego State yesterday. And uh, I also played this game under the total of 137.5. San Diego State concerns me a little bit because it's a team that goes through scoring droughts on the offensive end. But again, this is Alabama. Likes to get up and down the floor, take some questionable shots, fires up a lot of threes. 73 possessions per game. San Diego State plays at about 65 possessions per game. And if you watch the Aztecs, they do a great job in transition defense. They stick to three-point shooters. This is going to be a challenge for Alabama. I think the uh, Aztecs defense, which is athletic and long, can give the Tide some trouble here. Um, If you go back on the Bart Torvik site since the beginning of February, Mm -hmm. San Diego State's number one in the nation in defensive efficiency. Mm -hmm. But you're also, you're not playing Charleston, you're not playing Furman here. You're playing Brandon Miller, who I think is just going to be enough to to get Alabama over the top. I do like the dog, and I do like the under. And um, you know, it's it's interesting here because San Diego State, we we bang on the Mountain West a lot for its four tournament record. If you go back ten years, Aztecs are actually six and six in the tournament, and the rest of the Mountain West is three and nineteen. Oh, so, <laughs> oh, yeah. So don't lump the Aztecs in with everybody else, all the other clowns in the league. Uh, this team's legit. I, I, I actually think Bama wins a close game by about you know three, four, five points, something like that. All right. How about the, the marquee game out here, Gonzaga and UCLA, and it's going to be played 17 years to the day on the Adam, Adam Morrison game? Yeah, it's pretty obvious uh, what Mick Cronin's got to do here. Uh, he's got a team that's number two in defensive efficiency and allows 60.2 points per game. Gonzaga, number one offensive efficiency, 87 points per game. With Jalen Clark, if he were if he were out there, I would love absolutely love UCLA in this game because you can throw Clark out there and he can mm-hmm. help contain Drew Timmy, and then uh, Gonzaga is going to be in trouble. Timmy had twenty eight points, the eighty four eighty one win against um, TCU. David Singleton rolled his ankle against Northwestern. He's a top three point shooter, forty two point five percent. So I think what Cronin's going to do here is going to manage the game, control possessions, limit transition opportunities. UCLA is going to be patient, running its half-court offense, rely on Tiger Campbell and Heidi Hawkins. I think Cronin's going to try to win a 70-65 type of game. I don't have a strong opinion on the side here, but I do like the under. Uh, playing this one, see, the best number is that circuit right now, under 146 in Gonzaga-UCLA. All right. Your th- big, what a week for the Big East. Three teams in the mm-hmm. Sweet 16. Cooley takes the Georgetown job. What do you think of Patino going to St. John's? Well, he's going to win right away. Rick Pitino's one of those guys going to win everywhere he goes. Yeah, that about. It. I think he went to he went to Greece, you know, when he had time off and he won over there. He, he's going to win everywhere. 
and it's going to happen quickly. I think Ed Cooley is going to do a good job at Georgetown, but it's going to take him a little bit lot longer, I think, too. Uh, that's that's more of a, a rebuild. It's going to take him a little bit longer to turn that around. But, hey, UNLV had a chance to get Rick Pitino five or six years ago. He wanted to come out here. The AD and the president screwed it up, and uh, that was a big mistake because that guy would have been a big winner at UNLV, and he's going to be a big winner at St. John's. There was no doubt. It was funny after the uh, Iona-UConn game when Patino said, he was asked about his next move, he said, I honestly have no idea. And when somebody says honestly, you know they're lying to you. <laughs> so, <laughs> there was no doubt he knew he was taking the St. John's job, right? He wants the spotlight. He wants the big stage. He's got that New York now with St. John's. Yeah. The UNLV program, absolute shambles since Kruger left. Is it true mm-hmm. that UNLV left Patino's wife at the airport. They didn't pick her up. Well, that was the first time around. That was in the early 2000s. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but the UNLV screwed up the second, you know, second shot at getting Patino. What was that? Was around 2016 or 17 too. So UNLV threw up two air balls and opportunities to get Patino. Yeah, two air balls. Yes, yeah. yes. Matt, yeah. honestly, great spot. Yep. <laughs> That's a good one, Mitch. Oh, you ass. That's good. All right, pal. Kill, kill it this week. Thanks for the time. Uh, All right, you bet. Right. Yep, there you go. He's on Twitter. Yeah. at Matt is 24-7. Yep. Patino's going. To, he's 70 years old. It doesn't he? matter. He's 70. Wow. Imagine if he was uh, 60. Oh. Right? doesn't matter. He... Okay, we'll touch on this a little bit later on. The big stage. Matt's exactly York, right. Yeah. You could put that dude anywhere. In the garden. <laughs> Get the play. Now, what kind of accent is that now? <laughs> oh, I love it. New York City. I mean, yeah, he's going to turn that, that. They're going to be awesome. Oh, the guard. It's oh, going to be the, the place guard, to be. Yeah, yeah. What does the Big East tournament look like next year, the year after that? Oh. If St. John's is, if they're good? He's right. It'll take time, but Cooley, will do, Cooley, very good. Look where Providence was at. Yeah, yeah. They've had some sign up. Patino was there, and uh, I think the guys on TV now was there. We had a couple Nice runs with Providence, but Cooley will do a nice job with Georgetown. Yeah, up next here, a team is trying like hell to hold their poker face, but they're close to breaking character. How can you say this with a straight face? We'll tell you who said it and what they said coming up here on Follow the Money. It's VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. This is Follow the Money with Mitch Moss and Polly Howard on VSIN. Welcome in. It is Follow the Money here on VSIN, the sports betting network. Mitch Moss, Polly Howard, live in downtown Las Vegas from the Circa Resort and Casino. In this hour, 15 minutes from right now, in pocket plays, what we've uh, added to the old portfolio today. And Matt Baskersian, bottom of the hour, MLB Network. We have to get to the bottom of uh, who's starting tonight in the World Baseball Classic Championship between Japan and USA. Don't think it's going to be Otani going for Japan. And also, he's going to give out some futures today. And the guy has been awesome the last two years in Major League Baseball. And we'll begin talking NBA in this hour here with Jonathan Von Tobel, VSIN's NBA senior betting analyst. JVT, it's good to have you on the program again. Pal, thanks for popping on. Before we do NBA, though... We were watching college hoops on Friday at the South Point, which was just phenomenal. And a couple thousand people there, minimum. Great setup. I pointed this dude out to you, probably 30 feet from us, as one of the games, it was like Purdue was getting beat. I'm like, JVT, what the hell's going on behind us? You decided to take a photo of him and put <laughs> it up on your, this is, can you explain what the hell was going on here? Um, I don't know. Like, right. Like, I think this is the definition of losing your shirt. I, I want to say that he was on Purdue because I don't think that was like a celebratory ripping off of the shirt and showing it off. I have to say, too, if you look, uh, his delts are pretty solid. You can actually see the shoulder muscles popping through everything else is a little soft, but uh, the guy's got some solid deltoids going for him. No, yeah. I don't know. And I, I wouldn't I would say, too, you know, it's weird is I think at the the Westgate, right? There's another video that popped up during that loss for Purdue. There were, there's another dude running around without his shirt on in the Westgate Superbook. So I don't know what it is about some big upsets that some of these guys feel like they need to show yeah. some skin. But it got a little wild. It got a little risky. It did, yeah. Yeah. Feeling loose. Take it. Yeah. Let it go. Uh, more disturbing. 
the, the guy with the yeah. shirt off or Adam Hill putting 150 olives on his nachos? Yeah, that's that's the most disturbing thing. That yeah. was absolutely disgusting. And I hate olives. Yes. So like I'm already in the side of like, don't even come at me with them. But the fact that like he would load up each chip and it would have like 10 to 15 sliced olives on it. And he was going to town. Ugh, I can't. Yeah. It was absolutely disgusting. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Do you put pineapple on pizza? Uh, not purposely, but I'll eat it. I, I think right. it is a very overblown, like, right? Like, people who are anti-pineapple on pizza, if you do it with, like, bacon or Canadian bacon, I'm in. Oh, absolutely. Canadian yeah. bacon, yeah. We had a guy reach out to us before on this topic who said that he would ask, like, potential employees of his company that question. <laughs> Pineapple and, on pizza? And if they all scoffed at it, he said, okay, good to meet you. No, like that, really? that would be it. He would know I because, would, because I, I, he, I he didn't it. like it. You're not adventurous. Oh. I, I don't like where your brain's at. You're unwilling to try new things. Oh. You're not going to be creative. That's not true. No, I thanks. don't want. Oh, that's not true though. Absolutely. I like pineapple on that's, pizza though. It's awesome. It's I good. Oh. I like it. One time when I when I was younger and I interviewed for a Carl's Jr. job, the yeah. manager asked me if I could be an animal. What animal would I be? And uh, I figured at that point, I was like, all right, this guy's just screwing around with me. He's not going to hire me. Uh, but I did answer with all seriousness. I picked a, I picked an eagle because I was a scared 16-year-old because I wanted to, the job so badly. I did uh, not get it. So he didn't luckily get, oh. went on to bigger and better things oh, as a barista. Unfortunately, okay. What uh, kind of animal would you be? Do you, do you think there are some good numbers out there right now in the NBA with only, I mean, some of these teams have nine games left, JVT. Other teams play, I think, 11. So it's between that amount. Are there good numbers right now, in your opinion, on uh, teams to make or miss the playoffs? Yeah, I think so. So let's go to uh, those Dallas Mavericks from last night. And we're having some troubling things come out of Dallas, I think, guys. So after the yep. uh, Kyrie Irving effort on Friday night against the Los Angeles Lakers came out and told the media, he's like, yeah, like this foot ankle thing, like it, it's a lot worse than we expected it to be. But, you know, we're going to kind of persevere and go day to day and and see what happens. And so he's questionable going into yesterday. And then in that game yesterday, he tweaks it again. And you, I don't know if you guys watched that fourth quarter, but up until about 90 seconds left, they only had nine points in that fourth quarter against the Memphis Grizzlies. He was missing shot after shot. He wasn't getting the same lift on it. He does not look the same. And after he tweaks that, and you still have to wait for Luka Doncic, right? He was upgraded to questionable yesterday, but ruled out pretty quickly early in the day after shoot around. You have to wonder what the future looks like for the Dallas Mavericks, who are kind of floating around this uh, nexus when it comes to the Western Conference play in that yep. could be pretty tough. Like right now, they're the seventh seed. They're a half game behind Golden State, who snapped their road winning, uh, road losing streak. And Minnesota's playing some respectable basketball. So I think if you're looking at Dallas, right, which at one point in the book that you guys are sitting in about a week and a half ago was six to one to miss the playoffs. Now you're looking at about plus 330. I still think that's worth it. I'm not sure if they're making their way back into the top six. So that would put them in the play-in. And yes, they're playing at home, so it would give them a very good advantage. But if Kyrie Irving's not healthy as we enter the play-in, then what's this team going to look like? Because they sacrificed some assets to go and get him. They're already a subpar defensive team as it is. Yep. And if he's not going to be out there to shoulder yep. some of the offensive load, it's a problem. So I would say, like, no on the Mavericks to make the playoffs at plus 330 is a very playable price. And it's still out there. DraftKings another spot. They had no business winning that game Friday night. Uh, the Lakers yep. blew that as well. Uh, I, I think Minnesota's in trouble because they have no idea when Towns is coming back. Edwards is hurt, and their schedule's brutal. I don't know how they won that game last night. Prince had to go 8 of 8 from 3 yeah. and, and overcome the yeah. 57 from Randall. I like this, though. Oh, How about OKC, currently the 9 seed? What do you have on the Thunder? Yeah, you can get them at about plus 130 to participate in the West play. And, and I don't know if you guys remember, but like I think it was like two or three months ago where I was on with you guys and we talked about this market again. Yeah. Yes. And, and the Thunder were 10 to 1 to participate in the West play. And that was one where you're like, look, wow. man, like that's worth grabbing if you can get in there because this is a team that's going to be in the mix. And sure enough, now, guys, they're in the nine seed. Now, it, with the interesting part is what's going to happen near the bottom? Because you guys mentioned the Los Angeles Lakers. We get the report the other day that LeBron's going to come back at some point. We don't know what that is. It seems more likely it's going to be close closer to the end of the year. So the Lakers are going to be treading water still as we approach the last 11 games of the season or so. And the Utah Jazz, while well, they get a big win the other night with Larry Markin and out, like, or yesterday, mm -hmm. if time melts together, I, I'm not entirely sure that the Jazz are going to hold on to that 10 seed. I think this Thunder squad is finding themselves in a really solid spot when it comes to their participation in the West play. And now the next three games are really crucial. They have two games. Uh, they actually have three games in LA, two against Clippers, one against the Lakers. If they can take one or two of those, specifically the one against the Los Angeles Lakers before they head out of LA, this is a really big stretch for them. But again, when we're talking about this, I got to do is finish in the bottom four, right? You just got to participate in the West play and, and you win this thing. You don't need them to get out of it. You just need them to be in it. And I think when you're looking at that, coupled with the fact that who of these teams, the Jazz, the Pelicans, the Trailblazers, the Lakers, 
two of those teams have to get in to knock you out of this market. And I would say at a plus price, you're in a pretty decent position to do that. Yeah, and they play almost all those teams at least one more time uh, that you just mentioned. Okay, so then let me ask you this, though, as a follow-up to that. Do you think OKC backtracks on what they said about Shea Gilgis-Alexander a couple of weeks back when they were going to monitor his minutes moving forward? Because when the, when the guy played, he had 40 again right. the other night. The, guy, the guy's insane this year. Are they still going to do that? Or are, at this point, are they going to say, you know what, what, we should make the playoffs, and we're going to kind of go back on that and play Shea now? Yeah, I, 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 I would think, Mitch, just reading like the tea leaves, right, some of these quotes, I think this organization at least wants to give this young roster some high leverage basketball, right? Like, and it's not like you're asking them to make a playoff push. You just want to put them in a scenario where, hey, look, you know, this is win or get in into the postseason and you can actually play some meaningful basketball here. And some of the quotes from some of these players, it has seemed like this is something that they really want to do. So I would lean toward this team actually making a push here for that play in spot and actually just trying to play some good basketball. Because, look, there's like, what, 10 games left now? The Oklahoma City Thunder are at 71 games. So we're about 11 games left for them. Like this is one where you could still find your situations to potentially rest him against some opponents while still pushing for that play in. I would say that I think you're probably going to get Shea Gilders Alexander as much as they can going forward without pushing him too far. What do you think of Embiid two 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 dollars two fifty to win MVP? And also, what do you think of Brogdon? This has moved all over the place now. What do you think of Brogdon now a dollar ninety two dollars for six man? Yeah, so I'd start with the MVP, Paul. Here's my thing. So if you're out there, right, and you think that there is some legitimacy to the straw poll that came out a couple of months ago, right, uh-huh. where you had Nikola Jokic at number one, Giannis Antetokounmpo at number two, and Joel Embiid at number three, what in the last month and a half has told you that not only has Joel Embiid jumped the two guys that those voters said that he was behind, but he has jumped them to the point where he deserves to be over a $2 favorite, right? That's the question. So I would say that though there's a chance if we get another straw poll here, which I believe we are, that Embiid is going to be on top. But the margin between him and the other two guys is going to be a lot tighter than what the market is indicating right now. So I think there is value in if you believe that Jokic should still be the guy embedding him at that plus 250. I think that Giannis, the guy who, again, was in second and hasn't really done anything that would cause him to get knocked out of that range right Mm -hmm. over the last month and a half, is a value play at about 450 or 5 to 1. So I would say that that market is mispriced. Can you make the argument that Embiid should be favored? Yes. To the degree that the market says he is favored, I would very much push against that, especially when we had a very large sample size of voters say he was third and by a good margin behind those two other guys when we last tested the waters. And as far as Brogdon is concerned, look, I'm kind of kicking myself. You know, I've got this Emmanuel quickly ticket. I've got Norm Powell. And yep. I, I was kind of sitting around waiting to see how far this would fall for Brogdon. And now we're back up. And I think the market's right in doing this. Like the push by Emmanuel quickly has been great. And Norm Powell's injury has pushed him back. But the guy who was largely considered the favorite because of his body of work throughout the entire season should not have become the second choice to win this thing. So you're waiting for that buyback and it's happened. Again, the degree to which Brogdon's favored, maybe this late push pushes quickly up there. But I think the market's getting this right and putting it back up there near a $2 favorite. Do you like anything on the board tonight? You know, so I was looking, there's a couple of things to keep track of here. So this Washington-Orlando game, we're starting to see this get down to like 224 and a half, I think was the lowest. And some buyback is starting. So I think that's worth playing this thing over. Kyle Kuz was not going to play. And so that's a loss from a scoring standpoint for Washington. However, when you look at the two games these two teams have played so far, guys, we're talking about an average of 104 and a half possessions. So they're really quick games. Neither team's playing good basketball. The Wizards come into this post-All-Star break. I think, what are they now? Like 27th, 26th in terms of uh, defensive efficiency. The Magic, same thing, 116.7 points per 100 possessions and on garbage time since the All-Star break. This is going to be a quick game. Kuzma's not going to be out there, but he's also a good defensive rebounder, so that's cutting to the defense for a bad Washington team on that end of the floor. I I thought that 224.5 was pretty low. We're starting to see that buyback here. So if you can get 224.5, wouldn't say no to 225 and betting this thing over, which it opened 227, I would say that's something you're monitoring here too. And then we'll see what the rest of the card holds. I want to hold out and see what the Sacramento Kings injury report is going to look like because I've got Boston circled to play against them on that second leg of a back-to-back after playing Utah yesterday. And JVT writes about the NBA card every single day with astute analysis at vcin.com. Your breakdowns are awesome. Great spot today, man. Good luck tonight. Good to talk to you guys. Thanks. Follow him on Twitter. He's at me, JVT. In Pocket Plays, what we're betting up next. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other. As Infinity presents... 
a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Discover BetMGM, the betting app sports fans in the Capital Region turn to for nonstop action all winter long. Take the excitement of football, basketball, and hockey to the next level with same-game parlays, exclusive signature bets, odds boost promos, and much more. Plus, now you can sign in, place bets, and manage your cash balance under the same BetMGM account in D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. With the same username and password throughout the DMV, it's never been easier to play with the king of sportsbooks. Download the BetMGM app today. BetMGM is an authorized gaming partner of the NBA and an official sports betting partner of the NHL. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Please gamble responsibly. BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Washington, D.C. only. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Have you heard about the social media platform for kids? It's called Zigazoo. It's a great place where kids like me can come together to make fun videos. Zigazoo is moderated by real live people who review content before it's posted on the feed. Oh, <laughs> I especially love the dance challenges. So much fun. Oh, and there's no comments or messaging, so you don't get any of that negativity that's all over other social networks. Oh, my friends love it. I love that it's Kids Safe COPPA certified. Uh, I don't know what that means. It means it has built-in privacy protections for your online data. Uh, that's great, but I wouldn't be doing Zigazoo if it wasn't fun. She would not be doing it if I didn't think her data was safe. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network. For kids! <laughs> Download the Zigazoo app today. This is Follow the Money on VSEN. As always, great house specials and menu at Bet Rivers. First team to start 7 0 in MLB. Will it happen? At plus 285. And you go in up to $10,000 in bonus money by playing their exclusive squares. Place a qualifying bet, get a square on the house. If the numbers on the square match the final score, you win. Full terms and conditions available, betriversquares.com. We love this guy. Uh, it is an honor to be able to talk to him throughout the baseball season when he takes time out of his very busy days to join us. Matt Baskersian now from MLB Network to talk uh, some future betting, but also tonight's finale in the World Baseball Classic. Good morning, Matt. How are you today? Good to see you guys. As you know, I am a uh, I am a religious listener, so it's nice to be able to talk to you guys. Okay, so let's kick around uh, tonight's finale here between Japan and USA. First of all, as a guy who's been involved in this sport for a long, long time, you love it. Uh, you've made a great career at it. How how much uh, of this event do you just enjoy as a fan? How good has this been to you? It's it's been so good that uh, even though I'm not in Miami and I don't have a role calling games this year, I've actually been watching. It's been that good. Um, you know, the first couple runnings of this thing, just getting its legs under it, it didn't. It, it there was it was subject to so much criticism, right? You had all these people that were saying, "Oh, they shouldn't be doing it now. Uh, you're starting pitchers programs too early." Well, now there there have been enough runnings of this event. And enough star players speaking highly of it and the experience they have in it that a lot of that just goes away. I mean, look at what happened with Edwin Diaz. If that had happened in the World Baseball Classic in 2009 or even 2017, the last time they had it, you would have had people, you know, kind of calling for the the demise of the event. Mm -hmm. uh, players spoke up immediately and said, look, there's injury risk all the time for us as athletes. It could have happened on the backfield of a spring training game. It's been a good event. It's been fun to watch. Yep. 
Okay, so then how is this going to shake down tonight with the overall pitching? Because we were talking about Ken Rosenthal's column today and what Otani told him through an interpreter last night after the game. He's not going to start, evidently. They're going to go with a backup plan, and it's not going to be you, Darvish. And then what's the plan of attack here for USA with their pitching? The U.S. is going to start Merrill Kelly, uh, who they're very comfortable with. He gave up some early runs or was touched up a little early in his uh, most recent start, but they're comfortable with him. And the U.S. has that day off. Look, the, the interesting part about this event is the limitations placed on major league players are real. And no manager uh, can broach those. And, you know, having uh, spoken with Mark DeRosa at one point during this thing, he's like, man, there's only so much I can do with pitching because my hands are tied. A guy gets to his number, he's out of the game, regardless of who I have left and, and how effective or ineffective he may have been. So they're, they're comfortable with Merrill Kelly. Everybody's available behind him. The interesting things with Japan, right? They're starting a lefty. Mm-hmm. This is the third straight game that the U.S. has faced a lefty. When they faced the lefty versus Cuba, they destroyed them. The lefty lineup for the USA is, you know, versus lefty lineup is as good as any lineup that's ever been uh, formulated. And they're pretty comfortable that they can get to the guy that's on the mound. His name's Shota Imanaga. And I had to read it because I'd never heard of him before mm-hmm. the World Baseball Classic. They, there's some thought that Darvish was going to pitch. So maybe they're holding Darvish as a secret weapon. But again, Darvish and Otani have limitations by the Padres and Angels. And I don't know that they're they're going to be available tonight. I think the total sitting Man. at 10 might be a little bit low. Wow. I mean, because of exactly what you just said. And oh, by the way, this this Roki Sasaki kid, watching him last night, I, I, blown away. 21 years old, throwing 103 miles an hour. This kid, if, now evidently he can't come over to MLB until he's like 27 years old unless they can work something out. Um, the potential here for him, Matt, is just uh, insane to me. Yeah, yeah, that's right. I mean, look, the Japan team, uh, long a pitching factory. Those guys yep. play together all the time. So there's a there's a difference. And that's where I think, you know, for betters, the market for the World Baseball Classic has been really off uh, in a lot of places because the normal calculus just doesn't apply when you're trying to make a market for a once every four years baseball tournament that has a lot of players uh, for whom there's not familiarity. So, you know, you got the numbers crunchers and the analytics guys trying to make math and markets on these games, and they've been wrong a lot for people. Mm -hmm. Well, okay. We ran down your resume before you came on. You gave out Sandy, Cy Young, Burns two years ago. Great run with uh, McClanahan and also Schwarber for most home runs. Judge had to do that. Uh, to get you as well. Let's start with NL MVP. Who do you like? Uh, The day that Trey Turner signed with the Phillies, I declared my hat in the ring for the uh, Trey Turner 2023 MVP chairman. Uh, I think that with the rules changes this year, there's going to be a new premium on batting average and stolen bases. He checks those boxes. As we've seen during the World Baseball Classic, man, the dude, he's hit four homers, including Mm -hmm. a slam and two in one game. He's got pop. He's got a crazy good lineup around him. He's comfortable on the East Coast. Love Trey Turner at I've seen it anywhere from uh, plus eleven hundred to plus thirteen plus thirteen fifty ish on Turner. Um, If I had to, you know, throw a dart for American League MVP, I'll just take myself there, Paul. Okay. Uh, you know, I don't like short shots for postseason awards just because too many things can happen. But how do you not like Mike Trout at plus 800 for a, a fourth MVP? He's healthy this year. He's got so much to prove. It's the same narrative as it was last year, but he's got a way better cast around him. And look at what he's doing in the World Baseball mm-hmm. Classic. He's ready to go. Captain America's ready to go. And then if you <laughs> want a long shot down on the board, I like Corey Seager this year to have a nice bounce back here. All right. Excellent breakdown as always. Uh, how about NL Rookie of the Year? That is the weirdest market, um, you know, because a lot of the a lot of the experts and people that follow the minors were glowing about Jordan Walker, who's this young outfielder for the uh, St. Louis Cardinals. His market has changed so dramatically that I've seen him as the shortest shot on the board now at places as low as plus 150, mm. plus 150 on a guy that hasn't played in the big leagues yet. Yeah. I get it. Like, he's super talented, and he might well win the award. 
But there's no way you play that short a shot. No chance. And especially in the St. Louis outfield, which is a very crowded place, you know, for rookie of the year to hit, the guy's got to have some accumulation opportunities. He's got to have a chance to play every day. I don't know. Jordan Walker might not play every day because there's an outfield rotation there that they've got to take care of. He's really good, but plus 150 is ridiculous math. Anything on the American League Rookie of the Year market that stands out to you? Not really because okay. it's, you know, there's so many uh, questions there. Every, every Yankee fan in the world wants Anthony Volpe to win, to, to make opening day rosters, uh, the opening day roster, and then they want him to win the award. He's, you know, he's a Yankee prospect from New Jersey with a vowel at the end of his name. My God. Oh, right? He's one of those guys. All these <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What do you have? How about a Lance Lynn bet? Lance Lynn for me, and I, I wrote down the number here. Now I can't find it because I write like a physician. Uh, but I've always liked Lance Lynn. And last year he was uneven because he was hurt. Mm -hmm. He's been great in the World Baseball Classic. And I, I don't want to make it sound like I'm basing all my, my uh, season-long picks on World Baseball Classic performances. But he's just a business-like strike thrower guy. He's got a completely different kind of feel around him now with a new manager. How about Lance Lynn to lead the league in wins? I'm not saying he's going to win the Cy Young Award because his, you know, he's not a big strikeout guy and all those peripheral stats matter. But Lance Lynn to lead the league in wins, you get pretty good money on that. You know what, Matt? I found a number mm. here. Uh, this is at the Westgate. It's 100 to 1 on Lance Lynn for most wins. Does that, sound, mean, does that sound about right to you? Talk about dart throws. Sure. I mean, he's going to take the ball every five days, too, for a pretty good team. He's going to have a chance to win. Uh, I love that. My gosh. Yeah. I, I took a shot on um, Christian Javier. And also, uh, there was another guy for the Astros I took a shot on at a long number. And I, because I didn't do Framber Valdez, he's going to be the ace on that mm -hmm. staff now. No more Verlander. But if you look down at some of the guys that are going to be like pitching number three, number four in that rotation, maybe, because they're going to get the other teams three or four in theory throughout the year. And I know Altuve got hurt. He's going to be out for a couple of months here in the WBC, but that offense is still going to be insane. And they play in the American League West. So I think a guy like that would not be a bad idea either. Yeah, I like that. I like that too. You're, I think your idea about number two or three starters getting a little extra consideration is a good one. The example I always use is Barry Zito. When Barry Zito won his Cy Young Award with Oakland in the early 2000s, he was a number three guy in that rotation behind Hudson and Mulder. And he got other teams number threes now that it doesn't apply as much these days the way pitching is manipulated um but it, we're in for so many surprises this year because of the rules changes which mm -hmm. i know you guys talked about a lot and it's very real and some other changes around the league to ballparks like mm -hmm. I, I think that offense and base hits and batting average it's all going to come back a little bit slowly but surely be cool to stick around for a few more minutes yeah for sure awesome we'll continue with matt vaskersian Coming up next, we have to get his thoughts on the rule changes overall. We'll mm -hmm. go down that path as he just brought it up. And also some ballpark configurations to keep in mind when betting this sport the upcoming season. That's next here on VEASAN. This is Follow the Money on VEASAN. Become a VEASAN Pro subscriber today. Get everything you need to bet the madness. Only $19. Every pick, every host, every guest. Matt Humans with his selections today. You can find his picks up there as well. And the betting splits. Go to VEASAN.com slash subscribe. Get this special March offer for just $19. We continue with Matt Baskersian, MLB Network. He gave out some awards that he likes uh, earlier. He likes uh, Trey Turner is one that really stood out to win the uh, National League MVP. And I like what he said. He made a note of it right away. Like, the day that he was traded or signed with the Phillies, like, okay, that's going to be my guy this year. And it just so happens he's tearing it up at the WBC. How about we stick for one more award here in the National League where you've been so good with the Cy Youngs going back the last couple of years here. Um, which, which these are all, they're all kind of jumbled up at the top, right? Uh, so many guys in the NL are very, very close. Which guy kind of stood out to you? Well, without without going to the very top of the board, the shortest shots. Um, yep. I, I was watching Brandon Woodruff last September when he was on this great rip of of four straight games with double digit strikeouts, 
and looking into what he had done to get there. Um, you know, he's the same guy for the most part, fastball slider, so good at home. But, you know, I remember Dave Stewart saying this once, when a pitcher gets to be around 29, 30 years old in that kind of slice of his career, that's the, that's the only time, that very small window, where the brain and the body are synced up and you know what you're doing and your body can do it. You get north of that, body can't do it. Anything, you know, earlier in your career, the brain might not get you there. So I think Brandon Woodruff's kind of peaking at the right time. I'm not sure how good the Brewers are going to be, but I know he's going to be good. And if you're looking for like a mid-range shot, he'd be my guy. Okay, couple win totals. Blue Jays, 91, 91 and a half. Cubs, 77 and a half. Yeah, we'll start with the Cubs. It's The Cubs were not a good team last year, and they won 74 games. Uh, I know that you know with with a balanced schedule now, they no longer have that that soft landing eighteen against the Pirates, eighteen against the Reds, kind of the dregs okay. of the. So that might hurt them a little bit, but you know they add Brandon Belt, Kevin Kiermaier, and Dalton Varsho. Uh, I'm sorry, I was talking about Toronto. Uh, they add Swanson, Tyone, Tucker Barnhart, and I know I'm missing somebody, but they they added to the payroll. The, the Cubs are going to be better. And I think 77 and a half is right where it needs to be. I believe in David Ross. I like the guy a lot. I'd say the Cubs can get over that number. For Toronto, uh, the left-handed bats I just mentioned, uh, Belt, Kiermaier, and Varsho, that's what they lacked last year. And I love Chris Bassett. I know I talked about him on the show last year with you guys. I always think he's like a sleepy Cy Young choice, too. He's he's underreportedly yeah. uh, At 91 and a half, I think that's a pretty intriguing number. And the same thing applies to Toronto in terms of a balanced schedule now, only it may help them. It may hurt the Cubs. It may help Toronto not to have to play the Yankees 18 times, not to have to play the Rays 18 times. Mm -hmm. You know, get them into the uh, the softer AL Central and the bottom of the AL West where they can pad that win total a little bit. I always fall for the banana the tailpipe with Toronto. My two, the, the two things that I always fall for, DeGrom's going to win another Cy Young Award, yeah. and the Jays are going to finally get to the World Series. I'm going to do it again this year. Even <laughs> way yeah. short shot. I still think he's going to be yeah. great, and I think Toronto's going to be good too. All right. Uh, I, this is a deep dive, but I'm, I'm, all, I'm all in with this. How about changes to some ballparks? Yeah. Uh, look, it, it's, it's really going to help in Detroit where, if you can believe this, the Tigers last year had 110 homers as a team. That is roughly the combined total of Aaron Judge and Giancarlo Stanton. <laughs> oh, God. The entire, yeah. uh, they were rotten last year. And so, uh, predictably, the folks that run the Tigers decided it's got to be the ballpark's fault. So they moved in <laughs> uh, in, in De- Detroit. Uh, the Mets have made changes to their ballpark. But I think the biggest change is going to be in Toronto, where uh, – 2021 to 22, there was roughly a 20% home run increase in that ballpark for whatever reason. Total might go up this year because they've changed the dimensions pretty dramatically. So the, the wall is going to be higher in certain spots and, and more shallow in certain spots. So they're really changing things. Longer to get to certain distances, the gaps are going to be shorter but the wall is going to be a little higher. I think the net net is going to be more offense. And when you add the three left-handed bats that they've added, uh, I think that, you know, they're going to be home run spikes and offensive spikes in that place. Well, remember on the Jays too, they've been, you know, major league baseball's nomads the last three years, splitting their schedule, Mm -hmm. playing in Florida, playing in Buffalo. They're finally home for an entire season this year in a new offensive friendly ballpark. I can't wait to see how runs play out at, at Rogers Center. Very good. Uh, which rules do you like? Which do you dislike? And how do you think they're going to impact the game from a betting standpoint? You know, the only one that I'm, I'm not sure I'm sold on is limiting the number of throws to first. Okay. Guys are going to be off to the races, man. Mm-hmm. And if you are better that likes to put money down on, you know, futures markets and who's going to lead the league in stolen bases, first of all, good luck, because that's a tough thing to predict. John Birdie wasn't even on the board last year, and he won the Major League Stolen Base title. Uh, but guys are going to run a lot more, 
is going to make the game more exciting. I'm just not sure that's a fair advantage. I love legislating against the shift. Long overdue. We've rallied for that for a long time. And I really love the pitch timer, man. It's it's proven to be effective. It's shaved between 20 and 25 minutes off time a game in the minor leagues last year. It's done the same thing in spring training, yet it has not changed scoring. We'll hmm. see if that's the case once the regular season begins. But we all want to watch games that have more action, right? Walks, homers, and, and strikeouts are no fun. You want to see right. people running athletically. And I think that there's going to be a new premium on the base hit, and guys will get on base more. Amen. Amen, brother. I mean, it, it, the, too much of the ball not being in play. And again, baseball is at its best when it's played fast. Uh, well, how about from you're one of the best announcers out there? How, how do you, what do you do as an announcer when you can't fit in some tidbits and stories if you're going 15 second pitch clock now? Oh, you thank your lucky stars. <laughs> There you go, enough to fill. Okay, no fill time. Tidbits in my pocket and get get the hell out of there and get to the movies or whatever I'm going to do that. Sure. Oh, yeah, never thought of that. You get to get 220 games now. You're in and out. Uh, That just added about five years to my play-by-play career, by the way. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Now now you can cut back the the prep time, too. Yeah. So it's a win-win totally for uh, for announcers. (laughs) Did you take any long shots, or did you like any numbers, I guess, for a long shot to lead the league in home runs? I took Marcus Simeon 300-1, to despite having a really bad year last year. He was in the race two years ago, Matt. Never hit his first home run until late May last year. Hit 26 over the last four months. Uh, he was talking like positively about coming into the season for a couple of different reasons. Long number, I get that, but any again, you kind of got to hope that Judge doesn't do what he did last year in order to be live with this uh, market. Yeah, I mean, look, those those are tough ones. I love Schwarber; he's not a long shot. What about somebody like Austin Riley, who you know, you know, he's going to post up. He averages 160 games a year. He's hit that the last two seasons. Only Judge had more extra base hits than Austin Riley last year. 79 extra base hits, this dude. And even longer odds, I think you get on Kyle Tucker uh, to to lead the majors in homers. Another guy that's kind of coming into his own. I love Simeon, especially at that number. That's that's really intriguing. Yeah. All right, pal. Great job. It's great to talk Thank to you, you as always. Thank you very much. Yes. Good talk, guys. Uh, let's let's do this again at some point. And tell um, tell humans that he's great on college basketball, terrible on fast food. Terrible on fast food. Terrible on fast food. What's the problem? Yeah. What? What? With what? Get the guy to Taco Bell one time. Have him live a little bit. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I'm with you. I know. He's anti-Taco Bell. Uh, he is. They've made the changes to the menu. The Mexican pizza's back. I like what they added with the chicken burrito. I'm, I'm with hey, you, my hey, friend. Matt, you've been to Portillo's, though, yeah? No. Oh. Woo. Surprising. You got, you got to cross that one off the list. Really? No, you have okay. to. It's outstanding. It's tremendous, yeah. And we flew to Long Beach last year just to have it. It was worth it. Wow, that's uh, that's showing a real commitment. To <laughs> yes, we were yeah. in. It's right by where the Angels play. Right there. Can't miss I, it. I, I'm familiar with that. Never eaten there. Yeah. All right. All right, pal. Put that on the list. Good to talk to you. See you guys. Yep. Thank you. Enjoy the game tonight. Big fan of Taco Bell. Vaskirchen put me on it. And did Derek Stevens, too. But well, for, when the, I think the first time we talked to him, he, he said Taco Bell was way, oh. way, way up his way, list. Okay. Yeah. What they did with the new burritos, I thought. Yes. Very good because yes. it was a big portion for only like two fifty. Yeah, and it was super solid, man. I've had it like three times. I was off Taco Bell too. Yeah, because it was really like going downhill, and I agreed with humans. But now because they, you know, they tinkered with the menu, so I'm in. Yep. They got you too, though. To get you in, they loaded that sucker with chicken. Now you go back on the regular. So wait, where's the chicken? Yeah, I know. A little low with the chicken and the burrito here. Yep. What what happened? If you missed any of today's show, you can go back and listen on your own time. All you have to do is search, follow the money, Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcasts. Best of luck betting tonight. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. 
The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. That makes us FACET for life now, I guess. (laughs) Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to the Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.